Good evening, good people. Welcome back to Fan's House. It's your boy Zay Hackett coming to you on this wonderful Wednesday to, you know, break down some things that's been going on with the Dolphins organization. And I'm trying to get a understanding of what's the issues going on with the coaching staff in the front office, Tua, and also the Deshaun Watson situation that been going on from this past offseason going into the season. I'm going to um, you know, run down some news for today. Um, we did um, recently we just signed Duke Johnson, former Miami Hurricane, running back to the practice squad. He played with the Houston Texans last season. He also played with the Cleveland Browns. He was added because of um, Malcolm Brown's injury and having that extra back in the, on the practice squad. And the coaching staff is basically getting a good look of seeing who's going to be the third back going forward until Malcolm Brown is back healthy. Which, to me, you know, I always liked Duke Johnson from his days at Miami. Um, University of Miami. So I see that as a solid pickup. We did lose. We did lose um Sinet. Recently he signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. And we were down to two quarterbacks, of course, you know, with Tua and Joe, Jacoby Brissett. And we recently just signed um as Coach Flores reported this morning, we signed Jake Delgado to our practice squad, where he spent time with the Green Bay Packers and the New England Patriots. But let's get into things. Um, and I want to start off with um, Tua. Like, that's been the main story all day and how the Dolphins organization handled this situation. Like I get most of the fan base being upset, saying Tua's our guy, why we need Deshaun Watson. And at the same time, I understand why you going after a quarterback like Deshaun. Based off talent alone, Deshaun Watson is a top five quarterback. And despite him having a bad line last season and overall bad team yeah they did win four games but he did have a great season but the overall team didn't have no success and I get that and they I've seen the numbers that he put down for Tua which statistically he's put up solid numbers I give him credit you know and mind you I've been one of the ones that I was real happy for us to draft him But the way this young kid been dealing with the adversity, dealing with the noise, it's just, he's, they really, this organization really mishandled this whole situation because for a young guy like that, it's basically showing him that he's not wanted there. 
which I get getting a player like Deshaun. But at the same time, when you look at Tua's situation and how he came in the league, he was injured. He suffered a serious hip injury in college. And coming in with Mind you, takes a while to fully heal and get that motion back, which he has to his credit. He has been healed up and he did well with the circumstances that was given to him. But for us to say, oh, like going forward and just thinking about the situation, is Tua the guy for this team? I don't know. I like he haven't shown me enough to say like, all right, he's our future. Stat-wise, he's shown that he made some solid throws. He has made some mistakes, which on his end is tough because we've been very critical, including myself. But I'm not gonna hold no one's hand. Like I can like a player and be critical and. Mind you, you can play the if game. If Deshaun didn't want no trade, if this, if these trade talks didn't exist, then we can say, all right, he's, we, um, he's known like he's gonna make mistakes. This is year number two, like he's gonna do that. So his expectations, at least for the coaching staff, you know, Coach Flores and the front office, and his organization going up to the top to ownership and Steven Ross, they're high. When you take a team going into 2019 season and you're tearing it down, you're going to do a full-blown rebuild. And where many thought that we was going to go winless that season, we win five games, we started to build a foundation. Although we traded some players, we Trade away Laramie Tunsil for for a lot of draft capital, and you can't really beat that. We traded him and Kenny Stills. At the time, it was a great trade. Until this day, it still is, in my opinion. Then um, it was issues with Minka Fitzpatrick, which I don't know what's the true deal between him, him and Flores, which I'm going to get to in a minute, he wanted like him to play these multiple roles and he was known to be a free safety. We ended up trading him for a first round pick. So we was like, all right, we getting draft capital. And for us to just draft Minka Fitzpatrick and get a first round pick after that, that was, I was real thrilled about that. And on top of that, with Pittsburgh not making the playoffs, we still got a middle, of the first round pick. So I'm like, okay, we um we starting to do some things. But as far as as far as drafting, now I'm going to coaching staff and um, the um, front office. With the draft capital that we acquired, we Drop the ball on it, in my opinion. And there's been rumblings that 
Coach Flo wanted Justin Herbert at, um, at number five. And, and then before then, we heard about Joe Burrow. But Cincinnati was sticking to their guns and saying, we're going to draft Joe Burrow. And we um, drafted two of them. Which at the time I I saw as like okay, we're getting to it because before the injury he was it was obvious he was the number one quarterback coming off that board, but it, it was question marks with his durability and the injury is how he was going to hold up. Then not only that pick like all right we did a good job. Then our next pick was um, Pittsburgh Steelers pick I think it was 18th and 19th round um, overall pick. We drafted Austin Jackson, which with many of the quote-unquote analysts say, oh, he was a reach, but he has a um, big upside. He was still young and he was still learning. Which two years later, he's struggling. Like Even at guard, he's he playing a tad bit better, but not good enough to like, all right, he's better at guard. Only time would tell. Maybe things would get better for him. Then our third first-round pick that everybody has been critical of, Noah Igbenogamy. And he'd been healthy scratches all year except for last week. Well, the week before when we played against Jacksonville. And... When you have many other analysts and experts saying, oh, he's a like a later round grade, we could have easily drafted another position. We really didn't need cornerback. We still had Xavier Howard that's coming off an injury. We just acquired Byron Jones from free agency. I think at the time, yeah, uh, from free agency. We had an undrafted free agent and Nick Needham that he had his struggles, but once down the stretch of the season, he sold a lot of promise. So, why are we drafting another another corner? Unless they wasn't sure about Xavier Howard, which he proved that he was a monument. He had a monumental season. He had ten interceptions in the um, 2020 season. But that third pit right there which one of the positions that we could have addressed. Um, I get that this position is not value, valuable compared to how it was 10, 20 years ago, but we could have easily got our running back right there. We could have gotten Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Diamond, which Personally, I wanted Jonathan Taylor, and look at him. He's having a solid year with the um, Colts. He's a um, becoming his um, their feature back. It's we have holes on his team. Is the point I'm getting at? We'll like pick players in the middle rounds where you look at other players that's higher. Like you do want to address certain positions. You see them as a potential player, 
make sure you have a player that's in front of them that's solidified in order for them to, all right, the player can sit behind him and learn. He can continue to develop. He can be a rotational guy if needed be. And once you say, all right, we're going to go in this direction now, he'll probably be prepared to take over that position. And we mishandled some things in the draft in which I do like some players. Raekwon Davis, I was happy about, although his senior season wasn't that strong, he showed a lot of promise with us. And um, look at Leonard, I'm like, we got Robert Hunt, which I still like him, but I want to see him at tackle. I think he's more suited as a tackle. As well as um, like other players in the draft, this is giving me a, giving a prime example. And let's and let's talk about free agency. I'm going in 2020. We um we drafted on me signed Byron Jones, which all right we got a player on the other side of Xavier Howard that's known for his cover skills. You don't get many interceptions, but. If he can, he's a great cover corner. Which, like, all right, we're not only we built a found, starting to build a fine foundation in my mind. It was like, okay, let's add some pieces and become competitive. In which my expectations were like middle of the road going to 2020 season because, all right, we're going to be a competitive team. I see us winning seven, eight games, but we're competitive. But we're gonna take that step year three. We drafted Calvin, I mean not drafted Calvin Noy, but we signed Calvin Noy as a free agent. Which leadership is key. Like he was a locker room leader at home. And as you see with him, he was versatile. He can play against the run, he's um, good in coverage, he can rush the passer. He was a you so you can speak Army Swiss Knight. He can do it all. He was a jack of all jack of all trades type of player. And we um, drafted um well I keep saying drafted. We signed Shaq Lawson. Um, then we were like all right. We added pieces on defense. I'm go and go back to offense. Um, we signed um trying to think of the guard name. Um, he played with Washington now. You know, he was drafted by the Giants. He, he was a um, former Hurricane, too. I'm going to get the name in a minute. I'm... Eric Flowers. We signed him as well, which he played well at guard. I mean, he, he, looking at how his career turned out, it didn't, he didn't do well at tackle. And he went to guard, and he was one of the top guards in the 2019 season, and we signed him. And we had depth. I'm like, are we going in the um, 2020 season solid? As season progressed, like we had leadership and we were, you look at that team, everyone 
did well. Like you seen Jerome Baker, I felt like that was one of his best seasons. Like he had over 100 tackles, seven sacks. Everyone was putting pressure on the quarterback. I enjoyed watching our defense. We were roaming around like you didn't know who was rushing the passer, like dropping back. And it was a lot of promise. Then let's jump back to offense. Ryan Fitzpatrick was our quarterback. Which I had, I was iffy about when we signed him, but I understood the signing because I'm like, he's our bridge quarterback. He's going to be a guy that's only going to be here until we get our franchise guy. And once it happens, he's going to eventually move on or we're going to move on from him. And um, and one thing about this locker room, it took a liking to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like he was a, he showed a lot of leadership, and everyone gravitated to him. And that's something that's missing in his locker room today is the leadership. And once. They decided to move on from Fitz inside and decided to start two attack of Lua. There was talks of a locker room split because they felt like we can win with Fitz. Why are you moving on? And not that they didn't didn't like to or anything. It's just when you have a situation where things are starting to turn around, team was starting to go on a win streak. It was getting hot. Why take your um, starting quarterback out and start the rookie QB, which, mind you, last year, you know, during the circumstances of the pandemic, you really didn't have OTAs like that, didn't have a training camp or preseason, like put in the reps and the time, which you can say, oh, that's an excuse, but at the same time, you have... You have quarterbacks out there that don't progress fast like others. Some of them, they just, they own to it. So, like, why would you do that? Why was the organization, why would the coaching staff decide to go with Tua against one of the top defenses in the league at, you know, not even on that time, but you know, during the time, like you going against one of the top D lines, you going against Aaron Donald in the Los Angeles Rams. Which mind you, we won the game, of course. Like we made some defensive plays and made some plays of offense. But why would you put your young quarterback like that out there to act quick? Which to a show promise, which I didn't expect him to like lose you the game or like but he did enough to like all right we can lead down the field and it's just something i don't know what it is i don't know like 
what it what's about to it that this organization don't like. It just I don't understand what it is. Like maybe to Coach Flores, he wasn't the quarterback he wanted. It wasn't his guy. When you have issues like that, that does stir up problems. And um, you know, going forward now, you then you go in the offseason, you let go of Calvin or you let go of Bobby McCain, which he was another locker room leader. He was another captain for his team. You let go of two of your captains. You let go of Shaq Lawson. All right, we're going to drop these pieces here, which in my mind, okay, cool. We're good. But going into the season, long story, long story short, we are lacking leadership. And it shows. And, and it shows on the defensive side of the ball. Like, um, we're having a player like Calvin Noy. We seeing players like Jerome Baker struggle, which we paid him a good amount of money based upon, all right, he's about to be a free agent. But we paid him to be a glimpse of the player that he was last season. But he's been struggling. He's been getting beat in coverage. Like, he doesn't look like himself. And when you have certain players in positions where they have a high IQ and have the knowledge in that position, it frees up certain guys to do good things on this team. And, um... Looking at Andrew Van Geekle, he's struggling too. And he had a good season last year. He wasn't a starter, he was a rotational guy, but when he came in, he made an impact. And just defense struggling in that front seven. And now we're going back to offense, talking about the offensive line. Oh, we got a bad offensive line. Oh my, it's basically the same players on that line we jacked the line Eichenberg in the second round which we could have easily got pin on well at tackle but it's neither here nor there because I do like Jalen Waddle and now like the team just struggling on the offensive line is everything to his fault? no I put the blame on the coaching staff, put the blame on front office for not building a proper team, not only for him, but any other quarterback that you put in that position in order to succeed. When you have a young quarterback like that, it's obviously he needs running back to take the pressure off of him. For instance, look at Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. Dallas had a good season with those two. You need a running back to take the pressure off the running back. I mean, off the quarterback. 
you take the pressure off the passing game. Like you, you create a dynamic on your offense by having that feature back as impactful for not only for your rushing attack, but it creates things for the play action, which Tua does well in. He's pretty solid in play action and in and playing in RPOs. Which he still need a running back going forward if we decide to keep him. The only thing that killed me is we gotta do better. We gotta revamp our team. Like personally, like Coach Flo has some blame and the national media taking a look at like what's going on in Miami. Does he have some stubbornness if someone has a difference differences of opinion, which that's not a good thing, especially you a third year coach. Like when you coming into an organization as a first year coach, you need veterans there. You let go of Chad O'Shea, offense coordinator, because the offense was too complex, whichever whatever that means, which I don't know what that means. Then you bring in um Chang Gailey. You got rid of him. Brought him in for fix. And now it's just the, the team in a mess. You have a young coaching staff. You got two offensive coordinators that's sharing their duties. It's just a it's just a mess right now. And Coach Flores does get some of the blame. front office and get some of the blame. Because you haven't built a proper team for not only two as your quarterback, but but overall team. Like Chris Greer is, which I like. Mind you, he got draft capital. But if you're going to get that draft capital, you got to execute. Execute on your draft. It's like you got to capitalize on situations. And to me, they're on a hot seat. Which one's going to leave? I don't know. Which I don't know which one is going to be out the door. And I like Coach Flores. I really do. I believe in him when we had um, signed him, but I just don't know what's going on with the team. And I seen a video earlier of Tua. He don't look like himself. He was looking like, the rest of the team just look drained. I'm like, and that's, you can take it for what it is, but this team got to do better. If you're going to get Deshaun Watson, like, go after him. You know the gist of his situation. Like, go after him. So, his fan base can move on. If you don't get him, fine. But to have this, oh, we're going to acquire the Sean Watson, or we not, or they still looking for more compensation. Look, 
If you want the player, do what you can to get him. You got draft capital. Oh, we don't need to get rid of this much draft capital. No. If you're not capitalizing on the draft picks that we have here already, then go ahead and do what you need to do. Like, make the move. It's obviously no one don't want Tua right now. You can keep Tua for this year. You can play this season out. Get his value up and trade him if you want to go that route. But in order for one of them or both to keep that job, something has to happen. And it's on the field, off the field. You got to make a move. Because Roger Goodell came out the other day. You want to get Deshaun. If you trade for him, he can sit up and play until something happens. Well, I hope y'all having a good evening. I just had to say a little bit to get off my chest. I will be making a preview video for the Dolphins-Bills game. Maybe tonight, but most likely in the morning. So y'all stay tuned for that. Like follow me on Facebook, Instagram at Finn's House. Y'all be safe out here and have a good evening. Fins what? Fins up.